This is an ABC podcast. I can't believe I'm here. Backstage at the Battle of the Bands competition. Me, little old Carl Smith, a humble trombonist. The air feels electric, and it's not just because of that guitar. All the other bands are huddled together, tuning their instruments, warming up and eyeing us off. Oh, wow, look at the audience. Everyone's bursting with excitement to hear the music, take in the spectacle, and find out which band will be crowned the best. Personally, I hope it's my jazz band, the Rambunctious Funk Kids, featuring me on the trombone. And here comes the flautist with the mousest, Molly. Shibbity bapa, play us a tune on your falute toot toot toot, M Dog. Ah! Whoa, whoa, that was less of a tune on your flute and more of a guttural scream. Sorry, Carl, I just saw our rivals, the whimpering banjos. <gasps> the 18 piece folk and country band? Bleh. They're always up to something. Their lead singer, Bladen, will do anything to win. Everyone knows the battle of the bands is going to come down to them and us. Them, the boofhead bros on the banjos. Versus us, a tenacious jazz band who loves to keep the audience surprised by mixing up melodies and time signatures. Shabba-da-ba-ba! Carl, stop being weird and over-describing jazz. Sorry. So what did the whimpering banjos do this time? Oh, just now, they went a step too far. When I walked past their rehearsal space, they laughed at my fedora. And then they called out and said that our jazz was lame and we're 100% going to lose. What? That is so mean, Molly. Also, your fedora is styling. I know. Thank you. Ugh. I'm going to go back there and tell them a thing or two about how awful folk music is. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No way. You can't do that. But but they started it. I have to get back at them. Give them a piece of my jazzy, jazzy mind. Today on Short and Curly, payback. Or can you be mean to someone if they were mean to you first? Short, you're listening to Short and Curly. And Curly. Yay! Short and Curly! Curly, 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 Curly. Short and Curly! Molly, 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 check this out. I've been practicing for hours. Nice tunes, Carl. Now let me warm up on my instrument. I don't think I'm very good at the flute. No comment. So today's topic has actually been sent in by a few of our listeners. That's right. Millie asked, should we be mean to others if they started being mean to you? Thank you, Millie. And another listener who wanted to remain anonymous told us their sister was mean and so they were mean to her back. Ooh, what did they do to want to remain anonymous? Mm, I bet they stole all her clothes and sold them and then used the money to buy the same clothes but in larger sizes to make their sister think she was shrinking. That 
is actually genius. Oh, I hope that's true. Well, let's hear some true stories about meanness and how to deal with it. Why don't we ask that a cappella band over there? I hear they're calling themselves the Brains Trust. Ooh, I love their matching purple suits and perfect pitch. There was this girl and she was really mean to my friends once and we were playing soccer recess and she decided she didn't want to be on our team and she called us all stupid and my friends cried and then I really wanted to punch her, but I didn't because that would have been wrong and then she'd probably be worse. If they're just being mildly annoying, I just suggest ignoring them and telling someone else. However, if they are repetitively not just annoying, but like mean too and always insult you, I guess in a sense, treat others how you want to be treated is stuck with me like throughout my entire life. So I think, well, if they decide to insult me so much, they must be fine with getting insulted back. I think it depends what, like, if they're being mean with words, you could kind of not be mean back to them, but make a, prove a point to them to make them be less mean. But if it's in a physical way and they're just, like, they're getting angry at you first, if you don't do anything back to them, then you'll be in the right and you won't get in trouble and you won't be angry at yourself. Um, yeah, if they're really rude to you, either just start agreeing with them, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I agree, and or just look at their forehead. It'll really just confuse them. <laughs> and what do you listening make of all this? Time for our first thinking question. Remember, you can pause the show here to have a ponder or a chat with those around you. And here's our question. Can you think of a time when someone was mean to you? and you wanted to retaliate, what did you end up doing and why? Hit pause now. Ooh, that is one of the freshest tracks I've heard in ages. They're going to rock the competition. Hey, what's your band called? Smooth tunes. Good luck. Molly, they'll never win, but such charm. Carl, I wasn't listening. I was too busy stewing with rage. The whimpering banjos hurt my feelings. They insulted you and the rest of the band. I can't just let that go. But, Molly, you're not a mean person. No, and I'd never say anything mean to them if they hadn't said something mean first. But now... They haven't left me a choice. Oh, Molly, there's always a choice. Here, let me play you a little song I wrote called There's Always a Choice. That was so incredible. You're so talented. I'm still not sure what to do, though. What if I ask our funk keyboard soloist, Matt Beard? Did someone say my name? I guess that means you want another 40-minute keyboard solo, right? Always, Matt. No. I mean, obviously, yes, but not right now. We need to ask you a question. Well, hit me with it. OK, so let's say someone is being mean to you. Is it OK to be mean back to them? After all, uh, they started it. Great question. There's this old idea about justice, that justice is about payback. 
And when I say old, I mean old. Like back in ancient Babylon and the early days of ancient Rome, they had this idea that they called Lex Talionis because they spoke Latin. But in English, it means the law of retaliation. Doesn't sound nearly as good as T-Rex mellipolonis. That's not it. Yeah, right, but, you know, Dex Cafricanomus. Nope. Moving on. Lex Talionis, the law of retaliation, was the idea that if you injured another person, whatever you did to them would be done back to you. The old saying, an eye for an eye, was literally the law. If you were mean to someone, bam, they get to be mean back to you. So it's okay for me to take the hearts of those stinking banjo-loving good-for-nothings and crush them. Whoa, that, that got really dark. And also, no. No? See, we've sort of grown out of the idea of an eye for an eye for a few reasons. First, it doesn't work. When one person retaliates, the other person then feels that they need to retaliate back. And it just goes on and on in an endless cycle of meanness and nastiness. Meanness and nastiness. Meanness and nastiness. But I'm not convinced by the whole endless cycle thing. It doesn't have to keep going. They were mean to me. I'm mean back. Case closed. It balances out. I mean, I guess it does balance out. But that might not be the most important thing. Let's imagine I'm telling a hilarious story and getting really excited. And you know how I like to talk with my hands. Of course, you're very passionate. It's like watching one of those inflatable people outside a second-hand car shop. Yeah, these bad boys have a mind of their own. So imagine if while I'm telling the story, I accidentally bopped you in the nose with one of my over-the-top hand gestures. Ow, my nose. And I feel terrible that I hurt you. So to balance it out, I let you hit me in the nose. Sure. Balance. So now, instead of me going to get you some ice to fix your sore nose, your nose still hurts. And so does mine. And that's the problem with an eye for an eye. Sure, it's balance, but it doesn't do anything to address the problem or help the person who's been treated badly. Thanks, Matt. And Molly, I think we can all agree... Wait, where's Molly? Your bed has too many people singing at the same time and your rustic shirts and gimmicky suspenders aren't stylish. <laughs> so take that, Bladen, and the whimpering banjos. <sighs> hey, Carl. Oh, no, Molly, you didn't. Yeah, I couldn't help it. I gave him a piece of my mind, I was mean back, and it felt good. (sighs) Yikes. I mean, I've certainly got another thinking question locked and loaded, which is, of course, should Molly have done that? Hit pause now. Rockin' tune! The thinking questionnaires are off the charts today. I'll never get tired of that song. And they're still just warming up. So, Momo, I can't believe after everything we've talked about, 
You've just gone and escalated things with the whimpering banjos. Carl, I said something to them that was just as mean as what they said to us. No more mean, no less mean. Balance. Right, but remember what Matt was saying about an eye for an eye always escalating? Do you think they'll really just leave it now? What do you mean? You think they might blow things way out of proportion? <laughs> no. <laughs> Carl. <laughs> As if they... Hey! Oops. Hey! Woo-hoo. Stop that! Delicious. Oh, no! Come and get to... The, the whimpering banjos are stuffing our <laughs> instrument cases with meat pies. Those bearded punks. Yeah, that's right. Run away. Get out of here. Oh, oh my gosh. My beautiful trombone case. It's all full of mushed up meat pies. Smells good, looks bad. They must have bought a bunch of pies from the cafe in the lobby. (gasps) Carl, could this be payback? Yeah, obviously. I was mean to them, so now they've been even more mean to me. Predictably, duh. Who could have seen this coming? Me, Matt. The listeners, literally anyone, anyone could have seen this coming. I told you not to retaliate, and now there's mushy mints in my trombone case. But Carl, I had to stand up for myself. If I just did nothing, doesn't that make them think they can do whatever they want to whomever they want, and everyone will still just be nice to them? That's a bad lesson to teach people. Uh, I guess. I wonder what the Brains Trust think Molly should or shouldn't have done, and why. I think if she was yelling back at them something smart that could have potentially changed their minds and, like, had a different thought, then it would be okay. But them putting the meat pies or something in their instruments wasn't okay because it was pretty much even on the yelling and they had basically told each other what they were thinking. But then putting meat in the instrument doesn't do anything. It just gets their anger out. It kind of depends on, like, what Molly said, because if she said something, like, even worse, then um, I guess she kind of does deserve the meat pies um, in her stuff. But, like, if she said something that's smart and, like, teaches them a lesson and tells them, oh, that we were wrong and we should apologise, then uh, I think they should have just stopped there and just continued being good people. (laughs) It's kind of like... If she does it back, then they think, oh, it's okay, and so they do it more. I think the best way to prove a point to someone is, like, if they're being mean to her about her being bad at singing and performing, then she goes out there and performs it, then she can prove them wrong. And if she, even if she doesn't do bad, if she does it with pride and she does what she wanted to do, um, and they're still, like, teasing her, they can't really tease her for setting her goal and achieving her goal. They don't know what they're talking about insulting your fedora because fedoras are very stylish. You also never know where anyone was coming from. Maybe they saw Molly's band and they were really, really intimidated by them. So they said those things. I guess you need more context on the, the folk band, but I don't think they're very good people. And so in this case, I would... I wouldn't encourage Molly to retaliate, but I wouldn't discourage her either. Yes, Molly probably could have reacted better, but if you put yourself in Molly's shoes, I'd, I'd say I, I would probably retaliate somehow to teach them that you can't walk all over people and this is not okay.
you altos, sopranos, tenors and baritones are wild. Speaking of wild tunes, here comes our funkiest keyboard player, Matt Beard. Jazz. Matt, isn't being mean to someone who's mean to us just a way of standing up for ourselves? You know, Molly, there's a word we sometimes use to talk about what makes people special and important. Dignity. Dignity is the idea that people deserve to be treated with respect. We can't pull them down or mistreat them or act like we're more important than they are. Exactly. That's how the whimpering banjos treated me, with no dignity. Yes, but they weren't acting with dignity either. Some people, like Dr Martin Luther King Jr., say that there is dignity in being peaceful, in being kind, because these actions show the best parts of our humanity. When we're mean to someone who was mean to us, we're trying to get our dignity back. But sometimes we might just be giving more of it away. Matt, just before, we were talking about how if we don't stand up for ourselves, it tells people who are being mean that they can get away with it. So how do we get the balance right? It's a jazzy question, Carl, and a really hard one to figure out. Here's one helpful tip. When we're standing up for ourselves, we say things like, I don't deserve to be treated like this. In other words, we focus more on ourselves But a lot of the time, especially when we're upset, we focus on the other person and trying to make them feel bad so we can feel better. We say things like, hey, whimpering banjos, I hope those vests are ironic because they look ridiculous. Oddly specific comment. It's kind of like you've been dying to say that. I will neither confirm nor deny that. But the point is, sometimes when someone makes us feel bad, All we want to do is make them feel bad in response. And that's totally natural. But standing up for ourselves is more about lifting ourselves up than pulling the other person down. Thanks, Matt. There's a reason they call him the freestyle philosopher. Oh, that hits me right in my musical soul. Folks, take your seats. It's time for the Battle of the Bands. Your first band tonight are going to surprise and delight you with the power of funk and improvised jazz. (gasps) It's us. We're performing first. You know how I'm going to get back at Bladen and the whimpering banjos for being such meanies today? How? By performing an absolutely killer song. Nice. Let's get them with our number one smash hit called We'd Like to Thank. Oh, we'd like to thank so many people. Thank you, everyone. Thanks to Kyla Slavin and Justine Kelly, we had a lot of fun. We'd We'd like to thank our Brains Trust who pondered everything. You know who else did pondering? You who's listening. And thanks thanks to Millie and our other listener for writing in those questions. I ate too much cake before and now I have indigestion. Wait, why did you say that? It rhymed. Fair enough. Take it to the trombone solo.
Hey, Carl, I got a confession to make. Um, we haven't done all our thank yous today. Oh, we haven't? Nope, I couldn't make them fit into the lyrics of our song, and art had to come first, Carl. Oh, fair enough. Who have we missed? Well, for a start, there's Maggie, Ferran, me, Leo, Ollie, Escher, and Marjorie from Anula Primary School in Darwin. And special thanks to our new executive producer, Captain Sophie Townsend. Okay, done and dusted. And a big hearty shout out to our honorary member of the short and curly team, Jonathan Webb, who played our band comp announcer today. And I challenge you to go back and find him in some of our other episodes of Short and Curly. I'll give you some hints for just a few of them. Feral Cats, Vampires, one of our game shows. Not to mention a very convincing Swedish chef. Definitely an authentic Swedish accent there. Yeah, it was very weird. I'm amazed I've never heard of him. This has been an ABC podcast. Check out the ABC Kids Listen app. It's full of educational and entertaining audio programs.